Hello and welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm Emily. And I'm uh, Brian Sprague with Bookworm Effects. Yay! <laughs> thanks for joining us today, Brian, all the way from West Virginia. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, um, Bookworm Effects is uh, a great little company that makes some uh, super cool pedals that I've talked about a lot on the show, um, especially the Multicano that I've, I feel like I talk about that every other episode. Um, and uh, I, I think what's always appealed to me about your effects, Brian, is the literary theme because I was a very voracious reader um, mm-hmm. in school. Basically when I had time to be a voracious reader, I was one. So I love that appeal of um, nerddom. Yeah, I uh, I want to. I don't know. I'm like a pretty big reader, and like I kind of just wanted to name pedals after something interesting. Like a common theme is always kind of cool. And, I agree. And so decided to do that, and I think like it's kind of cool. I I don't really see too many businesses doing that, but I, there is a couple other. They like have pedals named after books or book characters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's cool. Like not saying I was the first, but it's cool to like, maybe they like, I don't know, maybe they saw it and thought that was yeah. cool. So we've, it did. We've, we've talked generally about like naming conventions in the past, like, um, like naming your guitars. And my thought is that it's, it's usually really cool and fine. If, um, if, if names have have a theme like that yeah yeah like what does mike adams name his guitars after andrew star trek characters star wars star wars star wars <laughs> not I'm, star trek he likes star trek too he does and <laughs> so, we forgive him for a sense okay all right we're gonna have a conversation <laughs> next time we see each other <laughs> uh, <laughs> roddenberry would be most displeased I'm really displeased. Good. I'm so displeased. How dare you? I know I named my cat after a Star Wars character, mm-hmm. but I've dressed up for Halloween as Uhura more than once. Nice. Well, just the dress and the the gun, because uh, that's really all you need to dress up as somebody. True. A yeah. little Is there weapon? Gun. Yes. And boots. No, I don't usually wear boots. I don't know. She usually oh. had kind of cool hair too, right? Like kind of a behind hairdo. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know how. I just like yeah. to poke fun at the Trekkies. Trekkers. I actually... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, well then, I'll I'll leave that one alone. Uh, but I I I don't dislike Star. I don't dislike Star Trek, and yes, yeah, so absolutely. The, the history of conclusion of what Roddenberry did was groundbreaking. Conclusion, so, yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think it was one of the most important shows ever to be on television. I mean, it had the, it was the first interracial kiss. It was the mm-hmm. first, like, truly interracial cast where everyone, I'm getting goosebumps, was, where everyone was like, <laughs> they were equals with each other. Yeah. And it was just such a beautiful thing. And even, like, the, the like, you know, white actors, they were their own different races. And Spock was interracial or interspecies. Oh, I don't know how that works. But he's like, yeah. he's like the liger of, of outer space. <laughs> yeah. 
I do. I one thing that I can say unequivocally is that Star Trek has a much better uh, uh, track record with handling race than Star Wars does. Oh yeah, which has had a number of blunders, and that's always been something that's bothered me. But at the end of the day, you can judge me all you want. I love Star Wars uh, more than pretty much every other franchise. Sorry, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but don't uh, meow I, on. Star Trek. Oh, it's just fun. Can you leave? Can, can you leave me alone a little bit? Oh God. <laughs> um. So, uh, today let's talk about our cats. Cats. Mm-hmm. Cats. Carrie. Carrie. Um. Yesterday, she took a pretty nasty swipe at me when I was petting her. Um. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not going to talk about that. Actually, you know what? I will. And then I ignored her for five minutes, and then she let me hold her for five minutes after that. So and then she up. used the sport, the the force to to move herself through space, which is <laughs> coincidentally never been done before. She, she um, we got these tapestries to hang on the walls, um, just because like we were looking for a really big tapestry for for our, our townhouse. Because, you know, we're, we're a townhouse, so uh, it's three stories, lots of stairs, and uh, something big to put on this big piece of wall. So we were looking for big tapestries, and we ended up getting a few small to medium-sized ones in addition to the big one. And one of the small, medium-sized ones is it, – it's, it's, it's actually pretty big, but it's a, a little black cat riding a bicycle. <laughs> and we, we took off the, the top level of her cat tree because she never went up there. So you can see this beautiful tapestry more, and it just brings me such joy. I love it so much. I love her so much. Yeah. I just get getting like emotional about my cat. (laughs) Every day I look at her and I say, Kiri, are you having a good life? And she goes, ow. Yeah. Good cat. Um, Andrew, you want to talk about Poppy? Poppy has been very sad lately. She's just been a little lonely. And I need to make sure to give her extra pets because we both... Uh, both my wife and I have been out quite a bit, so Aww. it's the getting back at like nine or ten p.m. and realizing that she hasn't had dinner and we're terrible cat parents. Oh, Poppy! <laughs> Little things like that, but she's been she's been great. She so this is oh, this is great. So this is <laughs> I need to post a picture of this. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. So my wife is incredibly artistic and imaginative, and she took a box and cut a hole in it, and then used construction paper to frame that whole like a theater. So there's like a bunch of rows of seats and then red uh, curtains uh, kind of tied off to the side is the way it Aww, looks. That's and then cool. put a blanket inside of it. And she just like gets inside and then looks out. And so it looks like just Poppy is on a, on a movie screen in a theater. <laughs> it's really cute. Cause then she Aww. likes to rest her chin on the edge of the box, just like the top of the seats. And yeah, Aww, which is so cute. All fun and games until we realized that that meant she was going to sleep in there at night and not at our feet. Oh, well, you got to put the box at your feet. Torn. Oh, yeah, but then I'm going to kick the box and um, yeah. So yeah, so the, the 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 long story short is step one: cut a hole in the box. Step two: put that cat <laughs> in the box. <laughs> I think, well, I think step two sometimes happens on its own. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, last Carrie sleeps with us every night. At, at my feet or at my hip and in this morning uh rick got up early and we were both i guess kind of curled up in similar positions and he took a picture <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cute no 
Brian, are you a cat guy? Love cats, yeah. I have a cat named Rowboat. Rowboat? That's such a cute cat name. <laughs> kind of like Thanks. robot, but a boat? Do you know what a rowboat is, Andrew? I know what a rowboat is. I'm just wondering if that's that's what it is or if there's more layers to it. I'm always looking for a pun or a play on words. The, the inspiration was, have you guys seen Bottle Rocket? Oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen Bottle Rocket. I have it's not. Cool. Oh, it's Wes Anderson's first movie, and it's it's really good and, and silly, but there's a random character in it named Rowboat, and I just thought that was funny. Oh, so that's cute. I like, yeah, when we got her and my brother and I, I'm so glad my brother didn't like fight me on the name. Just like, uh, let's get, can we name her Rowboat? He's like, sure. So nice. Yeah, and she is about ten years old. Oh. She's kind of rotund, and <laughs> she's also like little though. She's like a little round cat. Oh, um, that's so cute. And, She's got like really big eyes and she lets you touch her belly most of the time. She doesn't like get, she doesn't do the freak out, like tricked you. Now I'm going to scratch and bite you. Oh, um, did you hear me gasp? Cause I just gasped <laughs> when you said that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a huge thing with cats is they always attack you when you touch their belly. Um, yeah. Or almost always, but robot usually lets you do it. And then she kind of just like stares at you in a funny way. So uh, I think she's just older and a little more docile, and that's kind of why. I can't wait for my cat to get older. How old is she? My cat's three and a half, going to be four, and cool. it still acts like a kitten. It's she's also yeah. still not still a kitten. She and she well, <laughs> she's not even that big for a cat. She's like eight pounds. She's tiny. Yeah, I think Carrie's nine. Okay, Carrie cool. looks a lot bigger than our than Poppy. In person, I don't think you've met Poppy, but Carrie was just a lot bigger. You barely saw her. She's in that cube, but and she's very long. But <laughs> she weighs just over nine pounds. Last time we took her to the vet. Wow. She's floofy. Mm-hmm. I saw her in your video. <laughs> the one <laughs> I posted the other day, where she yells right into the camera. Oh, did she? I don't know if she yelled. It was the yeah. one. Oh, I didn't see that one, but the live video with uh, my oh, pedals. Yeah, just like, her, you just saw her eyes. You have no idea how big she is. Yeah, just like the uh, ominous eyes looking out is really adorable. It's so. so cute. It's my favorite. There is, and she's such a good hider. Just being a black cat, um, and we got her in the winter. She just really blended in with my environment mm-hmm. of like my all black attire, my black blankets and stuff. Uh, there's one time like I couldn't find her for like 30 minutes and I was just looking everywhere. I'm like, Rick, I don't know where the cat is. He's like, That's awesome. he's like, you don't know where she is. And he kind of looked <laughs> over at the sofa and she was just laying on this black blanket. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even see her. She was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. She's a good girl. Um, yeah. She's a good kitty. But um, what Brian's talking about for for everyone who's listening is um, we have a Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and search Get Offset Podcast, uh, it's a group. I did a lot of, uh, I'm sure, quite boring um, live video there the other day. But uh, I also do a visual thread for every episode. So I'll post pictures of what we're talking about um, 
especially if we don't go into detail on things, if we talk about a specific video or product, I'll, I'll drop a link to it. Cool. Seven out of 10 yes. would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> I, I'm in a saucy mood That's today. Rude. Sweet Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you can do it, Andrew. You know, that, that the idea of that frightens me because I feel like I would just mislead people. How so? In general, just no one should trust me. That's just a, a good rule of thumb. Never take anything I oh, say no. seriously. Don't Certainly don't trust me. <laughs> that would be a huge mistake. It's like that 303 song. Don't trust a host. <laughs> oh, my God. Get it? <laughs> I'm proud of that. That that was excellent. Don't trust the host. I uh, don't trust the host. Oh, that reminds me of a show I'm going to buy a ticket for that's happening in Seattle this summer. That's going to be a lot of nostalgia. Oh, tell me more. It's going to be so. The headliner is August Burns Red for their uh, 10th anniversary of Constellations, and I'm psyched because I. August Burns Red was one of the bands that got me in the the hardcore scene. Super dig them. Uh, the opening acts are Silent Planet, which has uh, got to be my current favorite band because they're incredible. They are incredibly socially conscious. Uh, all of their songs are about social issues and tackling them with a wide range of um, their faith and their politics and just all of it kind of wound up together in some really neat ways. And so it's like the last time I went to see him in concert, they like got up on stage and said, this song is about uh, the, the plight of native Americans and um, immigrants. And I just want everyone to know that no matter who is president, uh, the, the immigrant, uh, the, the, every, like the, my, everyone will be, is my brother, my sister, my friend. Uh, I don't care about your politics. I, I'm friends with everybody kind of an idea. It's a little hippie. Yeah. The, uh, I, I like, I, yeah, I'm not really religious, but um I, I went to a Christian college and it was very much a, a hippie kind of Christian college. I remember going to a talk once cause I had to, and it was about immigration. I was like, Oh, this is going to be bad. And they're like, Jesus would say, let everybody in. I'm like you're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So they're a super cool group of dudes. Their front man, Garrett is the, uh, this, this is kind of tells you a little bit about him is he wor- doesn't wear shoes and he has hair down halfway down his back. And he is the coolest dude. Just, he gives everybody hugs that kind of a guy love him to pieces uh he actually went to my college uh, that's how i i got connected uh, with them it's a friend of a friend oh that's right you were telling me about them yeah and then the the other I thought, opening... I thought when, you said, when you said i'm sorry when you said nostalgic i thought you might have meant that like salt and pepper was coming again. no 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 the 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 middle band is where things start to get a little extra nostalgic for me is it's silverstein and if you never listen to silverstein you should because it's just excellent email metal kind of hardcore oh, stuff I'd... I dig it. I'm a fan. And it's, you're and you I'm glad that you dig it. I I listen to Silverstein and I kind of just want to like wear skinny jeans and lay down with my my bangs hanging out of my eyes for the first time all day and kind of just think about death and stuff. That's great. <laughs> Sounds like a normal uh afternoon for me. Anyway, so I'm planning on buying a ticket if anyone in the Seattle area wants to go like buy a ticket now because that's going to sell out and where are they playing a showbox soto oh yeah that um so you can go there like 90 minutes before doors open and you they can like just go to the, the bar, bar get a drink and get some food yeah and then you're front and then you're the first person in the venue and both so both show boxes do that and it's the best 
That's how that's I got. Cool. That's how I got like front row for the breeders. Right. Showbox. Well, Showbox in Seattle will do that, but then um, or in downtown will do that, but they give you numbers, and so you if you don't yeah. get there like immediately, you don't get in first first. Uh, but with right, uh, you, like, I, it's like the top. It's like the first. I'm oh, sorry. The time Rick and I went to see the breeders at the market, um, we were like the third person, third and fourth person in the door. And you know what? The food was wow. really good. Like surprisingly good. And the one in the food in Soto is better. Soto is great. Last time I was at a show at Showbox Soto was for Caspian and Under Oath. And it was the same deal as I got there super early, went in and I paid for a beer. And then I just waited for the bartenders to let us into the venue and just rushed it. And I managed to get yeah. right up on the rails for the show in front of all the VIPs who were complaining that people who didn't pay for the VIP ticket didn't get to be up front but too well bad. tough nugs you just gotta know how it works but um yeah i, I just one bef- i i don't want to bore poor brian who does not know <laughs> what we're talking about but um <laughs> no. when i saw the, the breeders at showbox soto and was front row for that um there was this guy like so rick my husband like was kind of saving a spot my spot my friend shane's spot and shane and i went to the merch booth and we came back and there was this this kind of this dude and he just like really just totally bogarted my spot and was kind of mean. I'm like, Oh, whatever. Um, I was still up front. I was right in front of Josephine instead of Kim though. And uh, in the end, uh, Josephine gave me her set list, but the weirdest part about like that whole, that guy being there was like, he took a few pictures at first and then he stopped and he, but he didn't like move at all. He didn't seem to be enjoying it. He wasn't really singing. And then he was on his phone and I'm like, this is so rude. And finally I looked down at his phone and he's like Googling. I see him. He's on the website's show calendar. I'm like, that's weird. Like just be in the now, man. Like, and then he clicked <laughs> on the show we were at and then he Googled the breeders. I'm like, Oh, he didn't know who they this were. guy is oh, at the wrong great. show. Yeah. <laughs> he, he thought he was seeing the Dandy Warhols or something. And he just stayed there as long as he could, and yeah. So um, let's 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 talk a little bit about Bookworm Effects. Okay. Tell me about it. Emily knows more about it than I do. I only know what I've read on your website, and kind of what I've heard from the effects that Emily owns. But I've never owned a Bookworm Effect, unfortunately. And I want to know more because I think you're super rad. Oh. Cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, you want me to just sort of talk a little yeah, bit Yeah, let's about start it? from the top. Okay. Um, well, I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia, and I have a, a line of pedals. Um, they range from just like standard dynamic overdrives to like weird stuff like the Multicano distorted reverb. The David Foster Wallace is a delay that uses light to control the delay time if you it's want it so to. cool i'm sorry i just i just got that on friday and i had so much yeah. fun with it i called my husband down the stairs i'm like rick do a strobe effect with the light switch and i'm like listen <laughs> it's so cool sorry go i'm sorry yeah. go on <laughs> no it's okay um another thing that i like to do like um i all the circuit boards have artwork by well, first, the designs of each pedal are by different, usually local artists in typically West Virginia or just like close to me in West Virginia. And 
those artists will also, they might send extra design, like extra pieces with their designs and thinking like, oh, I don't know if you can use this, but like, this is just something extra. And, and I can almost always put something on like the circuit board for the inside of the pedal. And so almost all of them are shaped to be sort of the front design. And so they look fun and cool on the inside as well. You want to crack them open kind of thing. Um, but that's basically it. Like I'm a one person operation and I do things in really small runs. So never, never like huge amounts or anything, maybe like 20 at a time. You know, that's not very much. Um, Yeah. How long have you been doing it? uh, I think the uh, officially it was like the summer of 2015 when I, I did a Kickstarter and it got funded. So, Oh, that recent. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really been doing it that long. I think, like, I was building for a year before that and, like, doing research to, like, sort of figure out the first line of pedals, which was the um, the Atticus Finch Overdrive, uh, the Bigwig Bass Driver, the Trilobite 2X Fuzz, and the Switters Boost. So, like, those are the first, like, four I released. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really, like, the Kickstarter... Uh, I think I started it in like end of June, like June 29th, yeah. and it got funded in like Dang. four days. Wow. Really. Yeah. How'd you I, manage that? I, well, I think what helped was like some of the artists that did it, like when they would post about it on any of their social media stuff, like some of them have huge following. So they were just like, oh, I love everything this artist does. Then I want to support this. Like, so that helped a ton. Um, oh. The I can't remember his name, but the guy who like owns or runs mm-hmm. Kickstarter, like the main guy, uh, he backed it and then he posted about it on Twitter. Like, nice. On, and so like whatever his millions of followers saw it. So yeah, I mean everything just like it was also uh, like Kickstarter liked it because of uh, whoever was in um, like my like rep from Kickstarter that I talked to, he was like, Hey, I love guitar pedals and I love reading. So we're going to put this as like a project we love. So it shows up on the front page a lot. I was like, okay, that's cool with me. Like obviously yeah. anything wow. helps. So, um, but yeah, made like goal in a few days and then made a bunch of stretch goals to release other stuff. So I was able to do the Billy Pilgrim with that as well. And then, uh, like the last stretch goal was the white whale little lo-fi amp thing. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, Billy Pilgrim is, um, is that Kurt Vonnegut? Yep. Slaughterhouse five. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I remember loaning that book to some boyfriends in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was great. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I really love the, the creativity that, that a lot of those pedals have. Namely, um, of course, the the Multicano, which is just so cool to me. And um, the Delavid Foster Wallace, which I'd had my eyes on for a while and was really excited to finally get. Um, and then you just released that Seth's Fuzz. Can, mm-hmm. can, can you tell me about that? Because like it is so cool. And I... I don't know a lot about fuzz. I just know um, that I, I used to think I hated fuzz until maybe about a year and a half ago. I got the half horse and I like that. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and then we did the Mount Hood. I got the Hawaiian pizza by Caroline FX. And now mm-hmm. I have the Seths. And yeah, I, what is, t- please tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, the Seths, the idea was to make like a pretty extreme sounding fuzz that's not, uh, I mean, I think like I made it so there's not a gain control. I just like think Dime. fuzz sounds best like with the gain or drive or fuzz. Yeah. Crap. I noticed that because I was like, oh, I wonder if I can. No, I don't know what any of these controls do. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not obviously not a game control on it. Yeah, I'll walk you through. But the uh, basically, um, I just wanted to have like an extreme fuzz. And then the the most left knob is your volume. So just like, like a main output. The top right knob is a tone control. So it goes from like super bassy to super like no bass at all, all treble kind of thing. Cool, cool. All the way to the right. And then the center knob is just a, it is technically, I call it a focus control, but it is sort of just a voltage uh, control mm-hmm. for the recovery stage, which just means Ooh, like. That's what I thought it was. So I was getting that like low voltage sound that I like a lot. Yeah. When yeah. I get, when you're all the way up, it's cutting power to the recovery. So it gets like a little quieter and like spittier. Um, like combining that with like the higher treble uh, fuzz can sound like a like cool a textural thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and like it doesn't get too crackly. Like it's just, it's still like able to be used, I think, in a lot of different ways. But I think like middle with that control or like all the way left to get like the more dynamic mm-hmm. and open sound is kind of like that's how i play it but it's just like just for different textural things and just wanted to make a fuzz that you know i could have added like a gain control right. but honestly it just like fuzz yeah, should be that. full on all the time i think so yeah, yeah. i was it's funny because i was recording a little thing on um i guess it was thursday and your pedal came in on friday i'm like damn that would have been so good to have <laughs> yeah. went back and added it <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah um, cool yeah it's just a simple like um it's basically a single transistor fuzz um but it just has like a second recovery stage and that's it so like it's not super complicated of a circuit mm-hmm. um i just wanted to make it like pretty simple and fun so yeah it sounds good that's what matters thank you so much yeah. So what's the book that it's based on? Uh, have you ever heard of Swamplandia by Karen Russell? I have. That uh, that book, they so it's all about a family in Florida who is like, they have a theme park and they have alligators. So they wrestle or like basically the mother wrestles them mainly, but there's just alligators all over the park. And for some reason, it never says why. Every alligator is just called Seth. Like, <laughs> they're just like, I got to feed the Seths or have to like do this with the Seths or like she wrestled the Seth really well and like that kind of stuff. That's awesome. And, and it's amazing. I was like reading it going like, please never explain it. Please never explain why they're called Seth. And like, and it never did as far as I remember, you know. That's the and best. Just, yeah. And so I know it's kind of like, kind of silly trolling to label each knob Seth. but i love that that's that's funny <laughs> i think most people when they're messing with it they'll understand it's not like super complicated to use and yeah yeah but uh yeah i just like 
that book was really, I liked that a lot. And Karen Russell is kind of like one of my newest kind of favorite authors. Karen kind of Russell. I'm going to yeah. add her to my Audible wish list because that's how I consume books now because yeah. I'm always like at a computer doing work. Um, mm-hmm. But I can, I can work with books. Uh, all you guys talking about gators reminds yeah. me of uh, it was like that water boy quote. It was like, my, 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 my mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all damn teeth. No toothbrush. <laughs> I, I was thinking about the water boy yesterday, I think. I was thinking about where he was uh, at a party and he goes, uh, I'll, I'll take a whiskey and water. <laughs> hold the whiskey. Aww. And then the weird, the weird guy. There's a weird guy with like crossed eyes. And he's like, "Did you just make a joke, Bobby?" And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, yes, sir. Yes, I did." Aww. Yeah. Super funny. Like, but I want to do that in a bar. But I don't really. Cause I want. I want the whiskey. Right. I don't know why. And I you also want to be able to go back to that bar. Just the whiskey on the side. <laughs> yeah. I want it deconstructed. Deconstructed. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I'd like a deconstructed PB and (laughs) J. Oh my goodness. Deconstructed. Remember when that was like the biggest trend in like dining? You're like, here's a deconstructed spaghetti. I'm like, I don't want to just play noodles and marinara. (laughs) I want this together. I remember vaguely that being a trend, but I also remember not being able to afford to participate in said trend. That was for the best, Andrew. Yeah. It's probably the best time to not be able to afford like afford to participate. I feel in like that's what would like trend. that's the kind of trend that a toddler would have come up with. Like it progressed from like I want my sandwich to be in squares to be I want my jelly on the side to Mama. I thought we talked about this. Gosh darn it! I want my peanut butter on the side. I want my jelly on the side, <laughs> and I want my bread on the side with a cookie cutter so I can cut those into shapes. Like I feel like that's what the restaurant <laughs> industry did with that. But you know. I think, I don't know. If someone is listening and they can tell us, like, what up with that, please tell me what up with that. What up with that? What up with that? Ooh-wee. What up with that? What up with that? Ooh-wee. Oh, I'm sorry. You going, Andrew. I didn't. Uh, It's okay. Yeah. But um, uh, audiobooks are how I tend to consume books now, so that is now added to my... um, my to listen list good cool yes um i don't know if i listened to it before or after i listened to the dirt the motley crew oh because the movie wasn't wasn't good but i've heard that the i've heard the movie was bad but I've, i've heard that the book is quite quite interesting I watched a little bit of the movie and yeah it's bad it's like the, I, in the first 30 within the first 30 seconds you're like my expectations for this are they don't exist. I have I no, hate I've uh, had... all of the breaking the third wall stuff. I hate you mean that. the fourth wall? I think it's so dumb. I feel like they should have either fourth wall, yes. They the fourth should... wall, sorry. They yeah. should have either just committed to it or not done it. Had like a voiceover or something instead, but like the guy they is had a voiceover. At the they had that also. Oh. You can't. You should. And it was at this point that Jeff yeah, realized what weird. he had done was a terrible mistake. You know that nobody in that band is named Jeff, right? I'm aware of that. I just came up with a name out of nowhere for the sake of breaking the third, fourth. Yeah, I, I will say that movie gave me a, a lot of respect for Mick Mars. Uh, 
uh, let's see, who was that? That was the the guitarist who did not care about the other That's stuff. Right. Yeah. Hi, Carrie. That's cool. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. Oh, she's like, oh, back away, back away. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's take a second to thank our sponsors for today's episode. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Bookworm Effects is one of our sponsors for uh, this week's episode. Please, please, please check out his pedals. Um, they they're a lot of fun. He, like he said, he has everything from pretty standard overdrive things to the weird stuff that I live for. And um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm a big fan. Cool. Thank you so much. As you should be. As I should be. <laughs> yes. Uh, what else do we have on tap for for this episode, Andrew? I believe. Well, sorry, I'm I'm being interrupted right now. I guess. Oh my goodness, Melissa just came home and she found the Poppy cuddling up with <gasps> our uh, our stuffed Bernie's Mountain Dog. No. <laughs> it's that's not life. It's not life size. No, those dogs get so much bigger, honey. <laughs> Anyways, so she's cuddling up with the the stuffed dog, and it's really cute. Oh, please post a picture to the Instagram. Oh, hi, Poppy. <laughs> hi, Poppy. Do you want to say hi? Yeah, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that for an interruption. Uh, going back one. to our sponsors. Yeah, uh, Jennings Guitars is a sponsor and friend of the show, and I'm in the works of getting a custom build done with Chad, going for a Voyager Deluxe. And I cannot stinking wait. So if you uh, if you are interested at all in getting a guitar that's over the uh, that's in the Made in America range, I think you will be pleasantly surprised with how reasonably priced Chad's guitars are. But also just with the quality, I've heard nothing but good things, and I cannot wait to get my hands on my very own Jennings guitar. Nice. Oh, Melissa just sent us pictures. I think. I think she nice. did. There it is. Aww. I will forward it to. <laughs> oh. right, here we go. And. <laughs> too cute. Uh, where There it is. Far too cute. And, yes. And if Brian's logged into Facebook, you can, you can now see. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I can pull it up. The here. adorable little kitty Aww. cat. Yeah. Yep. So, um, one thing you didn't mention, Andrew, about today's episode is that we were going to talk about stuff and things stuff and things i like stuff and things <laughs> so what stuff and things are we going to talk about today we are going to talk about stuff and things of the artistic variety and or the uh, lack thereof mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is uh, we're going to talk about specifically about ripping off art where the line is on that because i do think that there is the potential for there to be a lot of gray area in this in this discussion, especially when we get into the topic of, mm-hmm. well, I was just paying tribute to this thing that I really like. Um, yes, Star Wars. How, like, at what point does does it stop being tribute and just start being a ripoff? Yeah, right. And so, yeah. and we thought we'd have Brian talk about that with us because Brian has some excellent original art, uh, and and I his art is also tribute, cool. which is really cool. And, and there, and there is another layer of the onion. I don't know why this podcast is now the onion, but it's an onion, and there are many layers. <laughs> like, oh, sure, the onion. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, so, gutters. Yeah. So, I mean, just to get us started, I think that um, sometimes it does make sense to take the aesthetics from one pedal and to move it along to another. Um, one example I can think of of that is people making circuit space on a tube screamer and then making their version of that green. Green. Yeah. Yeah. Like an ogre. Um, sorry. I'll, I'll be done with the really terrible Mike Myers impressions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So making tube screamers green, or if you're doing like a Marshall clone and you've got the gold and the, the gray and the black kind of look, um, with the silver and, uh, to Something me, like that, that makes we... sense because people then just know what they're getting. Yeah. They know what they're getting. There's also the the naysayers who will be like, oh, well, that's just very... Look, it's another tube. Oh, are, you, are you telling me that you are a pedal maker and you make a, a tube streamer, screamer clone? Mm. And there's people that get uppity about that. And I don't know. I yeah. kind of get it. I kind of don't. Yeah. Uh, but then, then, then just not like moving past the... Um, like the tribute and just taking bits and pieces, but like, like a lot of s- smaller companies, especially I've seen have done like star Wars themed stuff. And I think Walrus audio did a line of star Wars pedals and the mouse came running after them, uh, pretty quickly. Oh, uh, really? Say the well, mouse, uh, Disney, uh, came Disney after them with, it, with their stuff. Yeah. And so like well. they, they just, they really like star Wars. And can I say that I blame them? No. Because that would be hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where is the line? And then there's the outright uh, ripping off of someone else's graphic. And whether that be wittingly or not. Because it has happened before where someone gets a... S- people have gotten C&D letters and been like, you really have a trademark or a copyright for that? Yeah. Okay. But then there's also people just straight taking a lot of the aesthetics from another pedal like down to almost identical fonts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. And so that's giving us a setting up the breadth of the range of what we're talking about. I just Mm -hmm. realized how redundant what I just said was, but you get the point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Where to begin? Tell you what, Brian, let's now that we've set the scene, quote so to speak uh why don't you kick us off with your thoughts and we'll just kind of go from there okay yeah just throwing um, you right under the bus here <laughs> yeah i don't know where to begin i was like uh we were you know doing research on like i wanted to look up some of my some of the pedals that i see out in the world like who designs the artwork for them so i did like a little bit of homework the one thing i couldn't find is uh Zvex used to have like I think they still do, but maybe it's just not as like advertised as much. But like their hand painted pedals, and they mm-hmm. used to say like who who did them, and I cannot find the list anymore. Huh. Like like I don't think it was on the website. Like it says, yeah, that's right. You can get a hand painted pedal, but it doesn't say like by whom. Mm-hmm. You know, like who's gonna do it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but like I'm pretty sure they used to have like a a whole separate thing that like covered all that, but. I don't see it in their like FAQ or their info. It like says get custom artwork, um, but it does not say who the artist is. Yeah, because I remember like even seeing a bunch on Instagram, like uh, a couple different artists where it like 
uh, a woman's profile said hand like one of the hand painter hand, well, what would it be hand painted petal painters i don't know how to painters explain of it petals, petal um, painters. yeah for zvex it would like say that in their bio or something nice. i'd be like oh that's awesome but like i wish the website would say like hey um here are all the artists we have doing it and like you should see their stuff you know um but like uh I found out that Walrus Audio, like, I've been liking a lot of their, like, pretty much all of their stuff really has a cool look to it. Yeah. And it turns out it is a Oklahoma artist named Nathan Price. Oh. I, He's the one who's yeah, like. Yeah. I love that they are using someone local like you do. Yeah. And so it's cool. Like, I guess Nathan probably does, like, all of their designs unless they say otherwise, you know. But, like, that's why, like. The Julia looks so cool, and all the like limited edition Julias, and uh, what's the new one that just came out? The Lillian. Yeah, Lillian. Yeah, like I think all those designs are so cool, and like they really pop and make a pedal cool, rather than just saying like a phaser and like nothing else on it. You know, I don't know, but which minimalism um, has its place? But true, yeah, I think sometimes it can like work with it, but um, some of the ones that stood out. Uh, oh yeah. Um, electronic audio experiments. Um, oh yeah. yeah, John Snyder. Yeah, that that pedal, like, just that design blew me away, and I, I found out it is an artist goes by the n- name Bad Ponies. Oh, that sounds really <laughs> familiar. I couldn't find too much more information about her, but she has a Facebook page with all her designs, and they look. Like like that, they're more like uh, muted colors, kind of like pastels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, super cool to check out. Um, but yeah, bad bad ponies on Facebook nice. and stuff. And I assume maybe Instagram. I didn't find it on there. But um, the oh yeah, I think we all talked a little bit about Earthquaker. Mm. Like like I always think their pedals stand out pretty well and it's it's just one of their guys on their team that matt yep. i'm not sure how to say the name Horak, Horak or Horak. Yeah. yeah he he's phenomenal and um, yeah i'm shamelessly a huge earthquaker fan and always have been so. yeah i mean i think like they all look amazing and just aesthetically pleasing everything's so good about them and yeah. the whole aesthetic across the whole uh the whole line of what they do is so continuous and i really dig that same so yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah they definitely do it really well um and it is so unique i think uh, i forget which they've also got their own comic book too yeah that's really cool i was looking at that with rick the other day um but um can can i ask you all um if you've seen a certain pedal let me find it you can all right. So Vertex mm-hmm. came out with the Tone Secret. And the artwork on that is so similar to the Faustone Valve Clipper. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Have you all seen these pictures? Yes. Yeah. Let's it's the, it's the red the... and I'll send them uh, to the white. group chat that we had going. I got the Tone Secret up. What's the one it's like copying? Valve Clipper. I just sent it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the same. It's almost the same font. 
They're both um, red and white with a red square wow. on them within, and some of the dials fall within that red square. Then the font is just the same almost. Wow. Why does he, Why does he yeah, keep doing not... this? It's like the K and the N are the are literally the same. Um, the vertex N and the valve, I assume it's clipper and not not the lipper. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> they're, they're, the, they're, they're the same. Yeah. Why? Oh, Why yeah. did you do that? it's why well i mean the why is to piggyback off of the success and of the aesthetic and the i don't don't know i I assume that the reason why someone would do something like that is that you see there's a pedal that everyone knows and loves and then you see this new pedal and it evokes that same kind of aesthetic and it makes you then think that the sound is going to be similar Um, i don't know there's also the likely possibility that the folks at vertex just continued to rip off other people's work which isn't unheard of for them i know that they've had a they had a change of ownership at one point after the bbe rebadging incident Uh, and we might need to just do a quick refresher on what you're talking about there yeah so this was back in 2011 i think is they were hawking wad pedals that uh like of their own design and i think the way it went down was they fell behind on their business needs for production and kept accepting orders. And so their way to handle it was to start rebadging BBE was with an exotic label and everything else was just left the same and shipping them out as their own because not everybody wow. opens up their pedals and goes through to make sure that it is in fact an original, uh, then people were bamboozled. So that's my basic yeah. understanding. People can feel free to correct me on that. Mm-hmm. That is the legend, as I know. No, I think that's right. I think Sounds that's everything. Much, yeah. yeah. So, so that's the, and that's an yeah. unfortunate, that's an unfortunate blemish for any company to have. And I know at one point in time, everybody's feeling very hopeful that they were going to move past that sort of practice. And this is kind of a bummer to see for me, just because it's this is at best. I think this is a gray area, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's difference between making your tube screamer ish circuit green so people recognize what it is but if you also make it like the same it gosh if you just make everything the same like that i mean it's not exactly the same right but like it's just uh, it With is the, the two same side color. by side if you you can make them the same colors i get that you can use a similar font i get that but both of those things, it just makes it, that's just, it's a lot. Where do we draw the line? And that's where this, this becomes an interesting discussion of what's acceptable and what's not, what we're like, what I think for me personally, I'm not comfortable with this looking at the, um, the difference between these two for the vertex. I don't feel comfortable with that, but I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that is flat out 100% unequivocally, like they ripped off there. It's wrong that they did this. Right. I don't think, I don't think it's great. I, I definitely feel queasy about it. I'm not likely to purchase one personally on the basis of that because I like to spend my money with folks who do use original yeah. artwork. But. Oh, totally. I wish it would, like, even I'm looking at the Vertex website just to see if maybe it would say somewhere, oh, this is based on this and that and, like, nothing. There's no, 
in the manual there's no like fine print on like where this came from or you know like they're just taking it as their own yeah at least own up to like what it's based on you know jhs does that a lot yeah but you know so yeah that and that is weird um the tone secret well it does say it's a secret top secret (laughs) Uh, it's not very secret no it, I'm just looking at the description. Um, it talks about like, it's based on a two screamer, of course, but like. But with more gain. Yeah, and like there's so many other two screamers with more yeah. gain, <laughs> you know. So it's not like it's the only so, one. So uh, maybe it's a two screamer with more gain, thus the TS. But then they're taking <laughs> this other pedal, which is like the valve clipper. Yeah. Uh, which might not extend huh. reverb. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was trying to having trouble with the valve clipper, but like found some on. There's different versions of it that I'm looking up images on, like just Google image search. Yeah. Oh, so they're oh. a Spanish company. Spanish, cool. Okay. It's based on an early '70s Laney clip and a late '60s Marshall Plexi Pre. So it's not even a clone, but they're just taking the same. Right, and so in this case, it's just it's it looks like it's just the aesthetic. Yeah, um, and that's all. But then again, that's, well, that's more confusing to a consumer. Totally, is this like a current company. Like, is this and if this is a modern company and they're like taking the art, like I'm super not cool with that. Yeah, and it's just confusing, the one person, yes. Fausto Perez, who lives in Toledo, Spain. I don't think the font itself is copyrighted or or like and this is where we get into the what do we feel comfortable with and what is objectively wrong and this is why i think this is a really interesting and difficult to talk about discussion because there is greater area yeah. and whereas i don't feel comfortable for the sake of posterity i'm going to say that i i don't think that this is outright wrong i uh, i do I, just, I don't know. I think it's someone. I think it's largely someone else's aesthetics. And you know, I know we've had conversations about this in the past. And if I could go back, I'd be like, man, just like branch. It's like again, if it was just that, it was red and white. Fine. If it's just the font, fine. But not only is it both of those things, it's like the red square. They both have that red oh. square yeah. with the 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 softened edges, and I. I'm I'm not cool with that. I don't like yeah. it. I think one weird thing, I think the valve clipper like aesthetically kind of works better as far as like I'm just kind of weird about like negative space on a yeah. pedal. Mm-hmm. And like the tone secret, why are the words offset and like and the foot switch all this covers space the S. Switch is, yeah, covering LED the S is like, right through the T. <laughs> doesn't make any sense why they would like why don't they just put the words out but they're making it to be like valve clipper where it's like valve and then clippers mm-hmm. underneath it. Yeah. You know, like they're copying that too. They couldn't just write tone secret in one, one line. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, that's, that's an interesting. It's, yeah. I, I think it's clear that there's, I don't think there's any way that this is a coincidence. Oh no. And I, I, mm-hmm. I certainly don't feel comfortable with the, what, what's going on here. So, Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, yeah i think that we all are like varying levels of of discomfort 
but um yeah let, let's move to that's tone secret yeah, yeah let's let's move <laughs> to um lightning bolts clip art lightning bolts <laughs> yeah. yeah so this is a fun <laughs> chunk of history with the pedal world uh so <laughs> supro uh, was a brand back in the 60s uh, known for its amps and they were a dead company for a period of time and i forget who bought them out i want to say they were purchased by pigtronics okay why do i think that i don't know i'm googling it that's what i have in my head and now i'm second guessing myself okay um <laughs> yeah so they were Rights to Supro brand were acquired in September from f- former Fender amp designer and longtime Pictronics associate Bruce Zinke. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's why that. So it is indeed the uh, one of the Pictronics. Guys. It looks like they, like they, they were Supro was part of a big com- bigger company named Balco, and different manufacturers have done different. Like they had the airline guitars. So it looks like maybe there oh, yeah. were several brands. Zinke used the Supro name. Yeah. They were owned by, but no one was producing Super Gear. It was just a defunct brand name that happened to be owned by someone. Um, so that was bought out and then brought back to life. And one of the trademark or copyright, or I'm not even sure, of Supro, part of their branding trademark. is uh, a lightning bolt with specifically three points on either side. So the three edge, it's not, well, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Three edge lightning bolt. They, I think they call um, it a three point lightning bolt. Three point lightning yeah, bolt. Yeah, like three point, three bend or something. Yeah. Something like that. I don't It's a three pointer. Steph Curry for the win. It's like, and, it would be, uh, it would be three straight <laughs> lines and, and two zags. Mm-hmm. Colt 45 and two zigzags. Um, that's a song we don't need to revisit from middle school. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. And, uh, so that's, that's what happened. So they bought, uh, Pictronics and the associate bought Supro. And at this point in time, there's a couple of different companies in the gear world that were using this lightning bolt um, or used it after the purchase of Supro. And so I believe it was JHS was using it for the Super Bolt. And so there's only 50 Super Bolts out there that have the three point. They moved to a four point gear, su- gear supply company. With, got a and d from them over their lightning bolt and i want to say creation music company mm-hmm. got hit by it as well that's my and understanding was all hot and bothered was like it's a lightning bolt what the heck we're not yeah stealing your customers or i don't know um it's so I think clip every, art it's basically I, clip art right i don't art, i yeah. don't think and did any of those companies really fight it or they just comply i don't know much of the story it, gear, past gear, su- company, gear supply company just like ignored it is my understanding uh creation mm-hmm. changed and then of course jhs moved to the four point i just saw something here real quick uh have you did gear supply shut down Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like a year and change ago. They left a bunch of customers oh, high and dry. Wow. People who had paid them money for products that <laughs> they didn't deliver, including me. Wow. I didn't even know about that. I mean, I know I hadn't seen anything in a while online, but I hadn't, like, looked into it. Oh, but it was I just a found, big thing. Like, the uh, founder's trying, like, he, he got away seemingly wow. with no real repercussions, and he seems to be trying to become a um, keto influencer. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight and good for him. But also, yeah, 
Like, I have sent you money and I didn't get things in return. So I'm a little annoyed with that. Was it with their Kickstarter or after? Yeah, a lot or? of people got both because they seem to have left their Shopify store up and able to take orders for a long time and hadn't hadn't refilled wow. them. Haven't hadn't filled them. Like so. I think that's an wow. episode that we need to have. Yes, separately. Soon. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry for bringing it up. I oh, no, totally didn't know about totally it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, the more people that know the better and in general yeah uh for smaller companies i hate that it's like a smaller company type thing that you've got to be aware of that sometimes small companies aren't run well because on the most for the most part companies small companies are the ones that we want to give our money to yeah and and i just hate it i hate it when people like this come along and give everyone else a bad name well it's kind of my understanding is sort of and this i think maybe we're hitting on more than one topic this episode because now we're here um, but it, it was like the vertex <laughs> thing where they got more orders than they could fill. And instead of just saying, Hey, we have a wait list that's this long. They just kind of panicked and just didn't really do mm. anything. Cause it seemed like gear supply might've been in some ways a victim of its own success because they were just taking orders that they mm-hmm. couldn't fill. And that's, you're afraid to say no to money, but also like there's this increase in demand and also just making sure that you're um, doing what you say you can do. It's like if you if you're invited to 10 parties on a Saturday and you say, yeah, on like Thursday and you know you can't go to all of them. Some people are going to be annoyed because you didn't go to their party and you said they would be there, that you'd be there and they, you know, made extra pot roast or whatever and then you didn't come. Yeah. I don't know. I can party hard. I'll do 10 parties on a Saturday. 10 parties? No way. <laughs> no. That's a lie. I totally can't. I, I couldn't I'd do probably, two. I would probably leave the first <laughs> one, and then on the way to the second one, I would change my mind and go home and yeah, sleep. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Gear Supply, yeah, they just didn't do anything, and then nothing really happened to them. I'm pretty sure though Couch Straps offers the same point lightning bolt on their straps and I don't feel like they've ever been, you know, approached. That's a hmm. great question. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that Supro has handed out CNDs like candy to absolutely everybody. Um I I what what I can say is that my understanding is those companies did and that's over something that, well, yes, copyrighted. How do we feel about that copyright? How trademark. do we feel about whether or not trademark? Yeah, because I guess if it was things. a copyright. Sorry. <sighs> a trademark really depends upon use. You have to continually use it and protect it, um, which, you know, a lot of people talk about. I think Eventide pretty recently sent a C&D to some, another pedal maker who is making also a rose pedal. And a rose delay. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And they have that their own pedal that has the name rose in it. And uh, so mm-hmm. they had some of them a and d because the thing is, if you don't protect your trademark, it expires. It's unlike a copyright, which no matter what you do with it, that's yours for life plus 70 or whatever crazy number it is now. But a trademark, right. if you just stop protecting it, like I'm sure the super lightning bolt wasn't protected for years until it was purchased in 2005. 
and or was you know used again in 2005 couch correct me if i'm wrong might be older than that so they may have been using the lightning bolt before the super trademark came back well maybe yeah. yeah it's possible uh i don't know as much as i want to about couch i only discovered them within the last year i know they're very vegan friendly that's cool yeah i'm a fan um recycled uh materials cruelty free guitar strips they say um Mm -hmm. so getting on the topic of art so the the thoughts that i'm having here are if they own it should we respect it i'm obviously i think that's what everybody's chosen to do and i think that is the right call but i think that's a necessary I'm not going to say evil. I think this is a necessary consequence slash collateral of the necessity of us protecting artists and protecting copyrights and trademarks and people's artwork. I think that's uh, even, even if it's just as simple as a lightning bolt, there's the same laws also protect more involved designs, more unique, more uh, proprietary to a brand or to someone's image. Mm -hmm. And so as much as it's kind of a bummer that, yeah, it's just clip art for a lightning bolt i feel like eh, you know what this is just this is part of the bigger picture yeah, trademarks usually exist for a reason and that reason being to eliminate confusion like if it's if people can might look at your thing and say oh it's that other thing or there's an association with it mm-hmm. uh, so maybe people are buying that because like if people were buying a JHS pedal because they had a lot of love and respect for Supro and, and thought that Supro must have something to do with it, um, yeah, that's confusing. And it behooves the brand to protect themselves. So I don't know. I'm a fan of that. And you know what? I just yeah. like it when uh, people do their own thing. They do their own art, hiring local artists and build an aesthetic for their own brand. Like that's something that I have a ton of a ton more respect for frankly than someone who's you know riffing on riffing on someone else like i love the idea of like paying homage to something but you don't have to copy it to pay homage like i do think that making your pedal green if it's based on a tube screamer is more homage than copying but what about because there can still be a design on the pedal like the pedal itself is green sort yeah, of like help a big part of it you know some people yeah mm-hmm. now the, the the nerd in me though wants to i uh, wants to say that like pop culture kind of stuff is fair game and i know that's like uh like supreme has gotten away with this a lot as a company i think more so than they should have and uh, if you don't know it supreme is it's uh, a quote-unquote skateboarding company they're really just a, a fashion company uh and Hashtag hype beast. That's the uh, the <laughs> logo is the red rectangle with the word supreme in their own font, and they they've really pushed the boundaries of what's like covered by pop culture and what's copyrighted. And I I think they've gotten away with too much, but there's also the part of me is like that's also kind of fun because it makes the pop culture and the kind of nerd stuff more accessible. Like I want to be able to make Star Wars stuff, you know. Or, or Star Trek stuff or whatever cup of tea you're into. And um, like it reminded me of uh, like like my pedals just did a duck hunt theme oh, pedal. It's just the game. artwork from Duck Hunt. Yeah. 
looks super <laughs> sick, but I'm like, when are they going to get a C and D? Like, I, like, I hope they don't get screwed by that or, um, cause I've liked what I've seen oh, yeah. from that company. Mm. And I really like that that's on a pedal because it's duck hunt is super rad. And the pedal that, that like my pedals makes with that yeah. is super I rad. I know some people make like overdrive. pedals that have just straight up the characters for Mick and Morty. And so, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the Simpsons. And smaller companies can get away can. with that because they they don't have the visibility. Yeah. But the, I don't. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't. I I just wish there was more, a little bit more leeway in how to play with that, especially when we're talking about big companies who aren't actually going to be hurt by the fact, and they're never certainly never going to get into the pedal business. Um, mm-hmm. now it's not. So my thing is they're not stealing business from anyone. If anything, it's just free marketing. But that's kind of my thoughts, and I'm not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination. I did look up a historical reference of copyright laws um, and copyright cases in the Supreme Court, and I skimmed most of it and realized I was way out of my depth (laughs) for understanding that. (laughs) But I think it would be super cool if there's a little bit more room for quote-unquote paying tribute to the things we Mm. love i i know that's maybe not the most original thing but it's like here's a picture of a stormtrooper or an icon or whatever like it's been sure it's been done before but if that's the kind of stuff that you're into and that's what represents you and your yeah i mean you want to pay respect to the people who influence you i forget the um company and they're based out of minneapolis and they did uh, a purple gain pedal and i don't i don't think that would have flown when prince was alive he was pretty litigious but as an honorary little tribute thing to yeah. him like it's your local your local prince and and uh it's just the color and the font and purple gain like like i don't know as a, i like that i like things that are an obvious reference mm-hmm. to things that i like mm-hmm. well and to to drag brian into this because i'm i'm sick of hearing my own voice because i'm terrible human um but seriously though uh brian because all of your stuff is tributes to other people's art their their writings and stuff and so i want to hear more of your end of the philosophy on that aspect of this nebulous gray matter of art yeah um the main idea is that like for all of mine uh all every pedal is named after like a character or a place or um just something within uh the book or like the david foster wallace obviously is author but like that kind of stuff and then i take that and then just like i tell the whichever artist is designing something i tell them to like include certain things and then i let them do kind of whatever they want to do um but it's kind of fun to like not give them a a bunch of I don't know. Um, obviously guidelines, but like, I like it when they just like make something on their own. And I'm like, that totally speaks to me. It's like perfect. And I don't know, like the Multicano was really fun because, uh, uh, Bryn Parrott who did it, she's, uh, at deer jerk on Instagram. She, um, she sent the, like, I only asked for the bird, like with a wind on the back. Cause it's the like wind up bird. It's based off that book, wind up bird chronicle. And, She's like, hey, I also sent you like an image of a of a cat, and then there's also another cat with like a question mark because the book is kind of about 
at first it's about like a missing cat. So, um, but it's cool to have like all these different images and um, incorporate them uh, in an interesting way, I guess. So yeah. I don't, I don't know how to wrap this episode. I, I guess all I have to say is it's, it's, a, it's complicated. And I think while it's complicated in a gray area, I think it is clear when someone is ripping off outright something that isn't theirs yeah. and when someone's paying tribute. And I think whereas the, the details of that can be a little gray, I think not only do we get to vote with our dollar, so to speak, as a consumer and say, you know what, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with owning that, but also with the sense yeah. of, we're, we all have a pretty decent idea of where that line is intuitively without having to pick apart the details. Oh, um, so yeah. what, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, which I guess is fine. Well, and that's why it's a gray yeah. area. I think this is this is a this is definitely a, a more difficult episode for us to get into, just because it's it's nebulous. Yeah, uh, I, I think is probably the best word for it. True. And so that, with that being said, I know we aren't the only ones that have strong thoughts and opinions on this. And so please join our Facebook group. And this is this episode is just where the conversation begins. Yeah, uh, share your thoughts with us, please. I really want to hear what everybody else has to say. Uh, what their thoughts are, any experience that they have. If anyone out there is, say, a lawyer that knows a lot more than I do after reading a list of court cases on copyright on Wikipedia, uh, please share us mm -hmm. your insights. Indeed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, again, the group on Facebook is uh, just search Get Offset Podcast. Uh, we have a link to it on our website, which... I hope you all visit. It's real nice. We worked really hard on it. Um, be able to... And by we, I mean Emily worked incredibly hard on all yeah, of this. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that. I did. I did. <laughs> you you deserve credit on that. You did an excellent Thank job. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you can look at uh, uh, articles for every single one of our episodes so far on it. Um, you can see some other standalone articles, um, links to other things that we've done. Uh, we have some shirts and hats and onesies, although I think that um, I think that onesie is copyrighted. So I think that you have to call them uh, baby bodysuits. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, things like that. Uh, we also might have a few Mount Hood fuzz pedals available. If you want original artwork, that uh, was original artwork by Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that one. That's fair. Yes, I, I did do that. Yes, yes, and a yeah, cool a circuit cool by uh, a different Brian, Brian Bicknell from Spruce Effects. And you can find those at spruceeffects.com. I think. I believe that is the case. And where can you find? Yeah, and where can we find your pedals and things? And things. Brian Sprague, things and stuff. <laughs> uh. I have a uh, just bookwormeffects.com and then I'm on Instagram as you know at bookwormeffects and I have a Facebook page um, most yeah I think that's pretty much it but websites pretty much updated all the time and Instagram I use constantly yeah. so um, you'll always see photos and videos and sometimes my cat so nice I like the cat and the photos and videos I was saying that means I shouldn't spam you on Twitter what's up I just got one. It's very strange. 
Oh, because I don't have a Twitter, unfortunately. That's sad. Yeah. Well, I'm all alone one. there. Sometimes it feels I know. like. <laughs> um, yeah, just me and Louise from Dwarfcraft. Uh, another great company with great original artwork. Um, Brian, you want to give a sh- quick shout to your artists, artists? Oh, there's so many of them. Yeah, is that is that okay? Yeah, please. Yeah. Well, um, most recently, the sets was designed by Max Parrot. Um, he goes by, let's see, it's, it's at B C K W R D S max on Instagram. Um, his, one of his sisters, Bryn Parrot has designed a few of the pedals, um, uh, the Atticus Finch and the Mazzucano and she's, uh, at deer jerk on Instagram. Then their other sister. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Three parrots, you know, um, uh, Sage Parrot is her name, and she goes by at Hey Peep, and uh, she designed the Trilobite Fuzz. Um, the Switters, which I don't really offer right now, I'm kind of redoing it, but the Switters boost design was by uh, Jordan Hudkins of that band, uh, Roswell Kid. Oh. You, you guys heard of Roswell Kid? That's familiar. Yeah, they're, they're from West Virginia. They're like a fun punk rock band um i'm a fan of punk but rock. jordan is just on there as at Roswell kid um brian pickens designed the billy pilgrim and that's uh he's he goes under the name uh, at made in wv so like made in west virginia uh, i think he also has made in wv.com um he, i think that oh yeah uh because I don't really sell the big wig that much anymore, I was probably gonna like redo that one as well. But uh, Carrie Roberts or at Folk Masses, she designed, uh, she painted that uh, picture of uh, a couple rabbits in a field. So, Aww, I like yeah, that. That one's really fun. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like really kind of like a super bigger version of the pedal, just to be like super upgraded, but still working on it. So. Yeah, and we'll post links to all those in the visual thread on the Facebook group and probably uh, shout them out on Instagram. Heck to the yeah. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you again so much for being on the show. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Um, To everyone listening, thanks for listening and thanks for understanding. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. I'm Brian Sprague. And thank you, uh, Andrew and Emily, for having me on here. Of course. Thanks for coming. It was our pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye.